Hey, thank you so much for joining us in the Kingdom Church Podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm the pastor here. We think this message is something you need to hear. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, enjoy. Hey, be with us for this whole series because it's going to be really good. God is speaking. God is moving. And so I'm going to read us a passage of scripture. It's found in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And one thing you need to know about Kingdom Church is we're a church that gets loud. Come on, somebody. And so if you, if you hear anything in this message, you're like, I like that. You can touch the person next to you. You can be like, man, I like that. You can get loud. You can let me know. We want you to make you feel like you're at home. 1 Samuel 17, just set in the backdrop, it says this. It says, when Eliab, David's older brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger and he asked him, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are. And how wicked your heart is. You came down here only to watch the battle. You're just here for the pay-per-view. This message, I teased it last week. I said that we're going to be looking at the battle of David and Goliath. And uh, we are. But as I went through the message this week, I just realized that there's so much more to the story. And so this is something I've never done before. But this message is going to have very specifically two parts. And so part one is this week and part two is next weekend. And so the title of our message for these next two weeks is super simple. It's sticks and stones, sticks and stones. I need you to touch the person next to you and let them know. Let the person next to you know that your words can never hurt me. So I'm not sure if any of you guys have been getting these phone calls, but am I the only one that's getting calls like every single week from the government or the CRA saying I'm in big trouble? Anyone else getting these calls? Come on, somebody. I thought I was alone. Now, I don't know if it's the same with you guys, but these calls are all from like obscure area codes, like from the United States. And now the thing is this, like every time I see this obscure area code, I know it's probably a scam. But there's also a part of me, and it's my ego, and it's like, well, maybe there's someone from Alaska that's heard about me, and they, and they want to ask me to come up there and speak. And so every time I get these phone calls, like, I know in my heart it's a scam, but I pick it up every single time like a sucker. And so if you guys, your calls are like this, it's an automated message, right? It's letting you know something. And so I've been getting, and I've been getting so many of these calls, as soon as I get the automated message, it's like, you are in trouble. Um, I just hang up. But what's happening is I've hung up, but like none of these things stop. So I thought like just ignoring it would stop. And so this week I realized like it wasn't stopping, so I need to switch up my strategy. And so I got a call this week. It was from who knows where, Alabama. And so I picked up and I listened to the whole automated message. It said, you are in trouble. You have not paid your taxes, da, 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 da. Then it said, press one to avoid severe punishment. So I'm going to help all you people out here. If anything tells you to press one to avoid punishment, you are being scammed. Just simple advice for you. And so I pressed one because I'm like, let's see what happens. Like I've never listened this far before. And so when I press one, the first thing that happened is like, and I can say this because I'm Indian. There was this dude with like a thick Indian accent on the other line. And it was, I had to, like, it was funny because he just picked up and he was like, I won't do the full accent, but he was just like, hello. And then he's like, this is the C odd A. And like, just, just like super loud, but it was hilarious. And so 
I'm like, okay, like I'm, I'm going new strategy here. So I just decided like, I'm going to hear what he has to say. And so he's like, I need your first and last name. And, I, and I'm just messing around with this guy. I'm like, well, I'm like, forget the first and last name. I was like, how about I just give you my social insurance number? Like, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. Whatever you need, I'll give it to you. And so the guy's like, no, your first and last name will be okay. And I was like, you know, I was like honestly, just take my bank account, my, my bank card information. Like, I will give you my, my code right now. And then as soon as I say that, he hung up. Come on, somebody. I scammed the scammer. Let's go. <laughs> it's funny, and the reason that I'm telling you this story uh, is because as I was going through this thing, like I realized like hanging up wasn't working. And so I had to switch up my strategy. And what I realized is like sometimes like when it comes to life and it comes to battles in our life, you can fight, you can fight, you can fight, but if you have the wrong strategy, you're never gonna win. And so I realized, like, I had to switch up my strategy. And so I scammed the scammer. I haven't got a phone call since. I'm, I'm assuming he just crossed me off of his list. Like, let's go. And so <clears throat> this morning, I want to preface with this story because we're looking at a battle. We're looking at one of the greatest battles in the life of David. Now, it may not be his most significant battle, but it's certainly his most famous battle. It's his battle with David and Goliath. And the reason I want to look at this story is because I want us to see not so much the battle, but I want us to see all of the story leading up to the battle. Because I think it's easy to kind of look at David and Goliath and be like, yeah, giant slayed. But there's more to the story. There's, there's more to the story. And so this morning, I want to look at all of the things surrounding the battle between David and Goliath, because we're going to see something. And so if you're with us last week, You'll remember that David was anointed to be king of Israel. This is where we left off. And so all that means is that David has been chosen to be the next king. But Saul is still the current king of Israel. And so here brings up the most, I think, one of the most fascinating things about David's story. Is that God has taken the prophet Samuel and he tells David that you are going to be the next king of Israel. But what happens is David is not king for another 15 years. He gets this promise, but then he's nowhere near the promise for the next 15 years. And the reason I want us to see this is because this is how God often works. Oftentimes there'll be a promise and that promise will link us to some sort of purpose, but a lot of our lives will take place in between promise and purpose. Everyone following? And so what happens for a lot of us, I think is that in that process between promise and purpose, we can get discouraged. We can feel like we're fighting a battle, but we're not getting anywhere. And the reason I want to preach this message, and it's going to take two weeks, is because so much of our life is going to be in the between in this process. But what I believe to be true is how we live between process and promise will determine the height of our calling. David had a promise. You're going to be the next king. But how he lived in between the promise and his eventual purpose actually determined why he was the king. And so I want us to see this this morning because for so many of us, I think our lives could be classified as the in-between. Maybe you feel like you have a great purpose for your life. Maybe you feel like you have a great calling. But listen to this, friends. In-between, if your strategy for how you battle, your strategy for how you live life, if it's wrong, you're not going to get anywhere. You can keep hanging up, but sometimes you got to scam the scammer. Sometimes you got to switch things up. 
You see, for so many of us, I think we're just, we're scratching and clawing and saying, God, like, what do I need? And sometimes all you need is sticks and stones. And so I want to dig deep into that this morning. And so what we're going to do, we're going to look at David. As you guys may remember last week, we said that David has this distinct title. He's a man after God's own heart. He's someone that no one else has that title. And I want us to begin to see what David did in that in-between. So I'm going to set the context. If you're with us last week, 1 Samuel 16, David is anointed, but he is not immediately king. Saul is still king. And so in 1 Samuel 17, that's where we're going to be today. Uh, There's this great war going on. There's a war between the Philistines and the Israelites. The Philistines and the Israelites. Everyone following? And so this is the battle. And what made this battle so unique is that the Philistines had this great giant named Goliath. And he was terrorizing the people of Israel. And the Bible tells us that the whole army of Israel was afraid of this one dude because he was big. The Bible tells us, and this, there's kind of a debate depending on what uh, translation you're, you're looking at, but he was anywhere between seven and nine feet tall. He's a big dude. And so the whole nation of Israel was terrified of him. And specifically, Saul, the king, was terrified of Goliath. Last week, we found that the Spirit of God had left Saul. One of the main markers that the Spirit of God has left is that you are overcome by fear. I'm not saying that if you're always afraid, God's not with you. I'm saying you're overcome by fear. Fear is the only thing that dom- And so Saul was overcome. He was dominated by fear. And so the nation of Israel is in this great battle. The people are scared. I want us to see David. 1 Samuel 17, it says this. Verse 12, we're starting in. And uh, Prince, could you close the back door? I love you so much. 1 Samuel 17 says, Now David was the son of the Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Now Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to war. The first son, the firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shammah. Look at this. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Now, I want want us to see this because there is this great war going on. This is the greatest war that the nation of Israel had seen. And the Bible tells us that David, the future king, the anointed king, he's tending sheep. I need us to see this. Because David, and this is the in-between, David must have felt like he had this great calling on his life. I'm not sure about you guys, but if someone told me I'm going to be the king, I'm going to start living like the king. Like, let's go. And so there's this part of David that had to have been like, um, there's this battle going on. There's this war going on. This is my war. This is my battle. I'm the king. But the Bible tells us that David is going back and forth tending his father's sheep. He was tending his sheep. And so listen to this, friends. Although he was called to greatness, David still had a responsibility. He was still called to be with the sheep, with his father. And so listen to this. We're talking about how do we live in the in-between? How do we reach that place where we're between promise and purpose? Here's the first thing. Greatness always begins with faithfulness. Greatness always begins with faithfulness. You see, instead of being at the war with his people, David was tending the sheep with his dad. Now, now here's the thing that I love so much about this story. If you're with us last week, what you might remember, David was anointed in front of his whole family. His brothers were all there, and his dad was there. 
And so David, if he wanted to, when his dad was like, son, let's go back to the sheep, David could have flexed. He could have been like, dad, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. My memories. you don't remember last week? This is the king you're talking to. Like, like David could have flexed if he wanted to, but instead he was faithful. And I, I can't help but believe David must have been fighting this constant temptation to believe that being a shepherd was beneath him. Have you guys ever been in a spot where you feel like something is beneath you? It's like, I remember when we started this church, like I had to start working part-time jobs. And the hardest thing for me was my own ego. Because I had worked in full-time ministry for four years. I'd gone to school. I had a college degree. And I was working with kids straight out of high school. And so it was really tough for me because I felt like this is my ego. It's like, this is above me. This is below me. I'm above this. And so I can resonate with David because I think David, there had to have been a part of him that was like, I'm above this. But I love David. And there's a reason that David is a man after God's own heart. Because David realized, although he was called to greatness, he was first called to service. He was called to be faithful for where, faithful where he was, tending his father's sheep. And so here's the point I'm trying to draw out for us, friends. If you want to be great, you must first be faithful. You must first serve. How do we live in the in-between? Wherever you are in your journey right now between purpose and promise, God is saying that you need to be faithful. You need to serve. Greatness begins with service. It's as simple as that. In Luke chapter 16, Jesus puts it like this. I love Jesus. He says, if you're faithful in the little things, Come on, if you're faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large ones. But if you're dishonest in the little things, you can't be honest with greater responsibilities. You see, sometimes in order for God to elevate you to greatness, he first needs to keep you down here. Because what God is saying, he's saying, if you cannot serve, how can you ever lead? Listen to this. He's saying to David, David, I have a great flock for you a whole nation for you, but if you can't tend these sheep, how can you ever tend my people? And so greatness always begins with service. I I need to speak to us. This is in every aspect of our lives because I think innate in all of us is this idea to be great. We want to do great things. We want to have a purpose, and that's fine. But we need to begin to switch our idea of what purpose looks like because we always think position. We always think it's something where people can see me. But sometimes the greatest things you will ever do is serve. And when you begin to serve, when you can learn how to serve, God will then elevate. It's like this. I was talking to my friend a few weeks ago, and uh, he works in an office. Any of you guys work in an office? And he's got someone in his office. Maybe you got someone like this in your office, and she's always complaining. It's one of those people like, oh, my gosh, like these, the bosses are the worst ever. Like, these guys are idiots. They don't know what they're, anyone have someone in your office that just talks smack all the time. And this was someone in his office. And so what happened, though, listen to this. What happened in his office, a position came up for a managerial position. And so this lady that was always talking smack, always complaining, she was like, you know what? I'm going to be the change I want to see. I'm going to apply for this managerial position, which is great because she's like, I'm not going to complain. I'm going to do something. And so she applied, and that's great. But guess what happened? When she goes to the interview, she's qualified. She has years of service. She's been there for a long time. But the very people who are interviewing her are the ones that she was talking smack about. You guys know what happens in an office? I'll I'll give you guys some advice. Chances are, if you're talking about other people, they're talking about you. 
And so everything that she said got back to her manager. And so although this lady was qualified, although this lady was being the change she wanted to see, as soon as she applied, the manager said, next. Why? Listen to this. Jesus says, if you can be faithful where you are. This faithfulness is directly tied to service. And so this is for all of us. If we can't honor our bosses, we better not expect to be elevated. You need to serve. And sometimes it's not going to always be easy. Sometimes you're not going to agree. Sometimes I can't imagine that David was 100% okay with this. There had to be a part of him that was like, I need to be in the battle. This is my fight. This is my war. But part of being faithful is submitting to those who are above you. David knew he was destined to be the king, but he still submitted to his father, Jesse. Wow. Listen to this, friends. We are all under someone. And this is how the kingdom of God works. If you want to be elevated, you first need to be served. You first need to serve. Greatness starts with faithfulness. And, and how do we live between the promise and the position we serve? The kingdom of God works the same way. You want to be elevated in any aspect. If you want to be elevated in church, don't say, these are my talents, these are my gifts. Say, what can I do? Where do you need me? I'm here to serve. Greatness starts with faithfulness. Look what happens next, verse 17. Now Jesse said to his son David, he said, take the ephah of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread to your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance for them. Look at this. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. Like Jesse, as if David didn't know what they're doing. He's like, David, I know you're with the sheep, but there's a war going on. Like, he kind of just rubs it in. Like, they're, when they're in a battle, you're just with the sheep. But, uh, and to make things even worse, if he wasn't a shepherd, now his father's like, David, I need you to go bring bread and cheese to your bros. I need you to go bring some crackers, and this is the king. I need you to go bring some crackers and cheese to your brothers. Here's the thing I want us to see. Before David was ever a warrior, he was first a servant. In this series, we're going to see David's greatness. But there's more to the story. We want to focus on greatness, but we need to first see service. He says, go and bring your brothers crackers and cheese. They're hungry. I love this, though. Look at this. Write this one down. You guys have notes, I hope. God's, your faithfulness will always lead to a place where we see God's greatness. Your faithfulness will always lead to a place where God shows us his greatness. Because let's look, look what happens. David goes there. David goes to the battle. And the only reason that he's going, he's not going there to fight. He's going there to bring his brothers crackers and cheese. But look, when we are faithful, God elevates. When we are faithful, God puts us in positions. We're not even sure how we got there. Watch this. The Bible says this. It says that, that, that David went. He goes with his crackers and cheese. And in this, in this perfect moment, this perfect timing, as soon as David gets to the battle site, this giant Goliath comes out. At the exact time David gets there. David knows there's a fight, but he does not know who Goliath is. And it's so interesting because when Goliath comes out, he's this menacing giant. And David sees the whole army of Israel, and they're scared. They're like, oh my gosh, who's this? Like, he's back. And they kind of just run away. And David has not seen this before. But David rolls, and he puts away his crackers and cheese because he sees this. And then he says this in verse 26. David saw some men standing near him. He kind of nudges them. He's like, what will be done? for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? I love, everyone else is running away and David's running in. 
He's like, what's going to be done with, with this disgrace? I, I love that. Look what he says. He, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Uncircumcised means the same thing then as it does now. <laughs> who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? There's so much here I want us to see. So much here. You see, we're going to get to Goliath. Really, not today. Sorry, I love you guys. But it's so easy for us to get caught up in the battle. But I need us to first see the faithfulness. Because look at this. This was not David's battle. He wasn't there. He, he was serving his dad. He, he was doing crackers and cheese. But look what happens. When David was faithful to the task that was in front of him, God set him up to be in the right place at the right time. Come on, you guys didn't see that. Yeah. It was because of David's faithfulness that he was at the battle. Yeah. And so God said, if you can be faithful in these little things, I'm going to set you up for greatness. So many of us, we go out chasing purpose. I just, I want to make a difference. I just, I just, I need to be, I need to, and we go chase and we chase and we chase. But I'm here today to tell you that if you're faithful, look at this, purpose will chase you. If you're faithful, purpose will chase you. David didn't have to go looking, it came looking for him. And he said, who is this man that he should defy the armies of Israel? I, I love this. I love this. Listen, it wasn't David's zeal that brought him to the battle. It was his faithfulness. David was only there because he was serving Jesse. If we're faithful, purpose will chase you. You want to do great things, be faithful. It's like this. I was, uh, one thing that, I'm a pastor, and so uh, a lot of my job, like other than being with Christians, um, I spend a lot of time alone, right? Because I'm like preparing things, all that stuff. And then the other half, I'm like meeting with Christians and people from our team. And one thing I'm always like, God, like I don't want to always just be with Christians. If you're a Christian, I love y'all. But like there's something more out there. And so I'm always like, God, just give me opportunities to just like, and, and then I was talking to a group of people this week. And I just said, man, I, I kind of get envious of you guys like in offices and in all these places because you're surrounded by non-Christians. Like I got to go out looking for them. And so I said, God, give me opportunities. And one thing that God always says to me, and I feel it in my spirit, he just says, get out of your basement, because he ain't going to talk to anyone in the basement. And he's like, just go work places. And so I remember this one day, like, I felt it, like, heavy in my spirit. God was just, and I had two options, library or coffee shop. And, like, library is pretty well like my basement. Silent, like, no one's talking anywhere. If you talk to them, they're like, get away from me, weirdo. This is the library. <laughs> And so I felt it, like, I just felt this kind of just urge from God. And he was like, okay, go to this coffee shop, go to this coffee shop. And I was like, all right, God, I'm going to do it. And so I went to Good Earth in St. Albert, and I worked for, like, two hours, and nothing happened. And I'm like, what the heck, God? Like, I thought I felt something, right? But listen, that's how God works. God just says, be faithful. Be faithful. Be fa You're not always going to see it. When David was first tending the sheep, I don't think he always saw it. But listen, I was at a coffee shop a few weeks ago, and when I was there, because God's always says, get out, just get out, get out. When I was there, I ran in um, to an old friend of mine. And uh, his name's Josh. And, and we got to talking. And I've seen kind of stuff on social media. And uh, he was just telling me about this podcast that he has. And I already knew he had it. But we were talking. And then by the end of the conversation, it was really cool. He was like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And I was like, yeah. Because like, and listen, this isn't a Christian podcast. These are two guys just talking about stuff. And they were like, do you, as a pastor, want to be on this podcast and talk about God? I'm like, yeah. They didn't say that, but. That's what I knew was coming. <laughs> I was like, yeah, for sure. And, and it was awesome. Like, I was on the podcast this week. I know a lot of you guys, you listened to it, and it, it was cool. And 
Um, and God opened a door. But listen, this is what I'm, what I'm trying to point out from this, is that when you're faithful, purpose chases you. You don't have to chase purpose. Purpose chases you. God just says, be, he just says, go out. Just go out, go out. You're not going to see it every single day, but one day, your faithfulness is going to lead to a place where we see God's greatness. And so David probably didn't understand it. Why am I here? But listen, your faithfulness will always lead to a place where God shows you his greatness. Um, a little bit early. <laughs> I love you. Can you guys give a round of applause? Come on, somebody. I just, I don't want you getting tired up there. I still got a little, I, you guys okay? I got a little bit to go still. You guys okay? Yeah. <laughs> so look at this. This is what I want us to say. I think Mark called her up so we can call him out. <laughs> this is the point I'm trying to bring out. Your position does not determine your purpose. Your position does not determine your purpose. God says, be faithful wherever you are. Be faithful in the little things. And if you are faithful in the little things, I will do more than you could ever imagine. And here's the beauty of this. I think that there's a reason that God did not want David in the battle. There's a reason. The Bible tells us that as the people of Israel were together, they were all speaking the same language. It was a language of negativity, right? This, this giant is so big, this army is so great, and we are so small. And you guys know what it's like. If you are surrounded by people that all speak the same language, you know what happens? You start speaking like them. Yeah. And so the, the leader at the time, Saul, he was speaking fear. He was speaking negativity. And eventually the whole army was speaking the same way. And so maybe, listen to this, maybe God needed David to be tending the sheep because God didn't want David to be surrounded by those people. Yeah. This is a side note here, friends. If you have people in your life that you're surrounded with, come on, and they're talking negative things, they're talking about how their husbands never do this and they don't do that. Talking about how our You're going to eventually start sounding like those people. You need to surround yourself with people who speak life. That's why we always say join a kingdom crew. Because you need a small group of people that can speak life into you. And if you got the same group of people speaking negativity, you're going to sound like the army of Israel. He's too big. But listen, here's David. I love David. David's faithful in his task. He's faithful to be a shepherd. But although he was a shepherd... He lived like a shepherd. He still fought like a warrior. His position didn't change his purpose. He knew he had to be faithful where he was, but that did not change who he was. And so when David rolled up on the scene, someone get this, he didn't speak like a shepherd. He spoke like a warrior. Because he knew that he was still called by God. And so he gets there. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? that he should defy the armies of Israel. Who is this guy? David, that, now David's flexing because he knows who he is. And there's always a proper place. He didn't speak like a warrior. He didn't speak like a shepherd. He spoke like a warrior. And so David gets there and his language is different. And he's about to make a big difference. And so look what happens next. This is the cue my girl's been waiting for, First Samuel 17. You're actually pretty close. It said when Eliab... David's older brother heard him speaking with the men. He burned with anger and he asked them, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are. I know how wicked your heart is. You came down here only to watch the battle. Now, as we understand David's story, the word that Eliab, you, last week we saw Eliab, he's the oldest brother, dark, handsome. 
The word that Eliab speaks into David is the complete opposite of who David is. David is a faithful servant. But look at this. I need us to understand this. As soon as you step into purpose, there are always going to be people that try to bring you down. It's so interesting, the fact that as this army is speaking, they're all speaking negative things. They're surrounded by negativity. And, and, and they're all saying the same thing. And, and, and no one says a word. No one says we shouldn't talk like that. Like, who do you, we shouldn't. But as soon as someone comes in, as soon as someone steps into their purpose, all of a sudden it's like, who are you, David? Who are you? Listen to this. When you step into purpose, haters will be there. It's always, we just need to, we need to be ready for this. When you step into purpose, there's always going to be people trying to remind you who you are. Look at this. Look what he says. He says, David, don't you have some sheep that you should be tending to? Eliab tries to tie David's purpose to a position. But God says your purpose is never in a position. We have people trying to tie us down. But when you step into purpose, you're not worried about everyone else because you know where God has called you. He's a shepherd, but he's got a warrior spirit still. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Look what happens. David's like, what have I done? Can't I even speak? He then, look at this. He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And these men answered him as before. That's what I want us to see. David's like, bro, you're tripping. And he turned away. He just left. Can I tell us something, people of God? You want to stay on track to purpose? Don't get caught up with people that don't understand your story. So many of us will give, will give our time, will give our energy, will give things to people that have no business taking something from us. And so David realized, Eliab, you're taking me away from my purpose. He turned to someone else. I don't got time for that. We said this last week at Kingdom Church, we know who we are. And we have people trying to say things, but because we know who we are, we just push forward towards purpose. If you do not know who you are, you're going to be distracted by every little voice. David doesn't say, no, brother. Just understand my heart. David says, i got a greater purpose than this. And he pushes forward towards it. Listen, I'm showing us how God's, how our faithfulness pushes us to God's greatness. And so David pushes forward. He doesn't talk like everyone else. When everyone else says, who is this giant warrior? David says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He ain't like everyone else. And so what happens is that because of his faithfulness, God is pushing David to a place where we're about to see God's greatness. And so David is speaking differently. He's speaking with purpose. And what happens is that he gets into the same room as Saul, the king. And David says this to Saul. He says, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Look at Saul's reply. You're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man and he's been a warrior from his youth. Wherever David goes, people are trying to push him down, but David knows who he is. Hold on. It's not gonna be one time. Some of you guys are like, okay, I'll step into purpose and then I'll get past that one hater. It's never once. It's like a forever thing for the rest of your... But David knows who he is. Saul's like, you're too young. But look at David. David said, uh, your servant, look at this, has been keeping his father's sheep. I've been with my, son, with my dad, Jesse. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, 
I seized it by its hair, I struck it, and I killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. I'm more than just a boy. I'm more than just a shepherd. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. Hold on one second. This is the full picture now. There's, there's, there's more to the story. There's more to the story. You see, for David, as he was a shepherd, I can only imagine there was nights because shepherds would have long nights. There was times when David was sitting up and he was saying, God, why am I here? What's the purpose of me being here? I'm more than a shepherd. I'm a warrior. Now, maybe there's someone right now, you're in a place, and you're like, God, why am I here? God, why am I going through this? There, there has to be something more. But the reason I want to show us this full picture, and I hope someone got it when we read, when we read through this verse, but all that David went through, all of his trials as a shepherd were just training for when he was going to be a warrior. Listen to this. You see, for so many of us, we try and chase and chase and chase. The only way I can be prepared is if I try and be elevated, but God just says, be faithful where you are. And if you are faithful where you are, I will begin to do amazing and great things. And so here's the point with David. David's trials were just training. Listen to this. What you're going through right now, that trial is just training. You see, when David was fighting these, these lions and these bears, when he's defending his sheep, he had no idea what that meant. But I think even this moment as Saul is talking to, as David is talking to King Saul, I think things are coming full picture for him. I think David is starting to see how God works. And I can almost imagine him, his face kind of lights up. He's like, I get it. I get why I was a shepherd. I get why I was in the field. Because Saul, you need to understand this. Those bears and those lions, those trials were just training. And the same thing that happened to them is going to happen to this giant. Listen to this, friends. If you want to know what happens to the giant, come back next week. There's so much more, there's so much more to the story. But here's the thing I want us to see. Let's just stand as a church. We're about to close. If we can begin to live, if we can begin to be faithful in every single thing, in every single season, if we can begin to realize that that thing that you're in right now is just training, if you're faithful, God will elevate. I believe this to be true. There's someone in this room, maybe you're in a season, maybe you're in a time, and you're like, God, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I have to go through this. Listen to this, friends. What if your trial was just a setup for, your, for, for what God's going to do? It's a setup to see God's goodness, to see his faithfulness. Our trials are training. Position does not equal purpose. And greatness always comes from faithfulness. Now listen to this, friends. The same God that David serves is the God that we serve. And so every single week, we want to give people the opportunity to respond to Jesus. And so right now, throughout this room, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. We just want to give you the chance to respond to the goodness of God, the love of Jesus. If you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, the very first time, you're saying, I, I want this God on my side. I want this God on my team. If you want to give your life to Jesus right now, I just want to encourage you guys to just lift your hand. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I'm going to count to three. All you got to do is raise your hand. We're going to sing, some, we're going to sing one more song. But what you're saying is, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Three, two, 
one, just show me your hand. Just show me your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's just pray this prayer together. Everyone say, Dear Jesus, I need you. I need you now more than ever. I give you my everything. I give you my wins and I give you my sins. God, make me a new creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, let's clap our hands. Come on, somebody. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope that message encouraged and inspired you. If you want more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca and we would love to see you in person. So we encourage you, plan your visit today. We'll see you soon.